What's going on, guys? It's Nick here. Back with another video. It's Monday. So, time to go over the top waiver wire targets for week 10. Only four teams on by this week compared to six last week. But in those four teams, we do have some higher end players that are going to be out. So, could be another tough week as far as buys and injuries are concerned. So, who can we look at on the waiver wire this week? First player up we're going to look at is Justin Fields. He's been the quarterback 13 8 five five and then one at least so far unless you know someone tonight passes him uh over the last five weeks and that's really because of the rushing like he obviously just doesn't have a passing ceiling he threw for touchdowns this week but like in general he's like not going to throw for more than 150 yards so you just got to know that but the rushing has been insane i mean don't expect 40 fantasy points every week but he's got four straight weeks of at least 60 rushing yards over like 80 rushing yards and three of the last four gets a home matchup with the Lions this week. So if you're struggling at the quarterback position, Justin Fields is on free agency. I've gotten a lot of questions about what we're willing to give up to get him. It is so dependent on what you have. Like if you have, you know, one of the top, we'll say seven or eight quarterbacks, it's not as important that you go after Fields because like you are still going to like kind of struggle to know who to start, especially if you got like a top, you know, four or five quarterback. If you don't have that, you know, you've been trying to stream, trying to figure out quarterback, you're going to value him a lot higher because it looks like rest of season, if he's going to keep running for like 60 to 100 yards per game, that's an insane floor, gives him such a high ceiling as well when the touchdowns also come that he's a lot more valuable. So I'd say like on average, I'd be willing to go up maybe like in that like 10 to 12% of fab range. But again, that's so dependent on what you need. If like, that's the last piece you kind of need, we're not expecting him to be like Lamar Jackson. So I don't think you're getting, you know, maybe like a top three quarterback rest of the season. I don't think it's that high, but if you need it and you got to go up to like 15, 17% of fab, I think that's totally fine. I think you can use a number one claim on him, especially if you look at the rest of, you know, free agency and you're like, you know, there's not anything that I really need. It'd really just be like injury luck at this point. Like someone's not breaking out that we've never heard of that's going to be the clear number one claim. And so if you have to use it on fields, I am totally fine doing that. After fields, I would say the next best probably isn't available in a lot of competitive leagues. But for many of you in like 8, 10, 12 team leagues, especially ones that maybe have shallower benches, George Pickens is probably my top option. He had zero fantasy points in week 8. Then they go on by. So I think even a lot of teams that, you know, liked him as a talent, really wanted to keep him, they see a zero, they see the bye week coming up, they need, you know, production, they like need someone, there was a lot of teams on by last week, he may have been dropped. Uh, but he was one of the biggest winners after the trade deadline. Of course, we have Chase Claypool traded away to the Bears, and so you've got Pickens, a really, really good talent, who was already seeing like a pretty decent target share. His snaps are going to go up to like, you know, as much as he can handle, 95, 98%, whatever, however many he can be on the field for, he's going to be out there. He's going to be a rookie wide receiver coming off by in the second half of the season. That's what we look to. Rookie wide receivers typically break out in the second half. So naturally, we're just expecting him to be better rest of season. But when you add in the fact that we're removing a huge piece of the offense, on a team that, let's be honest, is not going to be winning a ton of games. They're going to have to be throwing the ball. Like, his target share is going to be so secure right now. I mean, he's probably going to be just, like, a weekly start. Like, when we go over the wide receiver video each week, 
he's going to be someone like he was someone that was like on the fringes every week. The talent was there. Just like the opportunity always wasn't. Now the opportunity's there. He's going to be someone that we're probably starting every week now. And if that's on free agency, I mean, that's, that's awesome, right? After those two, so after Fields and Pickens, I would say that you're looking at like a, a five-player grouping of Khalil Herbert, Chuba Hubbard, Rondell Moore, Jeff Wilson, and Kadarius Toney. I value all of them very similarly, and it just really comes down to what do you need? I would say that Herbert is probably my favorite of the group. Uh, and if you watch, you know, the videos every week, you probably know why. But like, I just think he's been playing better than David Montgomery. Uh, and he's actually been providing like not every week. Um, you know, he's not a consistent running back too. But a lot of weeks, even as the backup, he's provided some level of value to where like if you've got a few players on by, uh, a few players injured, you've got to play him running back too. Like, you know, you felt pretty decent the last month doing that he's had a few duds but like you know everyone's gonna do that this week face the lions championship weekend they face the lions that's upside right and especially you know if montgomery went down obviously he's gonna have plenty of upside uh chuba missed the last two weeks with the ankle injury but it seems like he's gonna return this week it seemed like he was like a two-week absence at worst he'll probably return in the following week uh we saw foreman go off Two weeks ago, when everyone kind of locked in, they're like, oh, Foreman's the clear feature pack at this point. But remember, Donta Foreman, number one, isn't like a super elite talent. And then number two, he's not really a pass catching back. And so when we know the Panthers aren't going to be winning a whole lot of games, they had a two-week stretch where they were like, you know, competitive. But let's be honest, it's the Panthers. They're going to lose most of the rest of the games, potentially all of the rest of their games. And so, you know you aren't always looking to like the early down back as like an amazing option. So I say that to pump the brakes on Foreman, but then also just show you that like, that's why I like Herbert a little bit more is that like, if Herbert took over, we're really like in love with him. Chuba doesn't really have that in his range of outcomes, but we see like Raheem Blackshear getting the same number of touches as Foreman this last week because it was a trailing script. I'm not saying Chuba is some amazing pass catching talent because he is not, he's not that good at it, but when Chuba was healthy, he was still the lead back over Foreman, and he was used a little bit in the receiving game as well. At least he has the possibility to have like 10, 11, 12 touches a game. Uh, not saying it's a lock, but you know, it's not like Foreman did anything last week to like lock in, you know, his position. He was great two weeks ago, but again, that was in the dream matchup with a perfect game script. That's pretty much just not gonna happen rest of season. After that, uh Rondell Moore, he's got eight and 10 targets over the last two weeks. Uh, that gives me a little bit more confidence. I kind of talked last week about how like we saw the eight targets came after a week of two targets, right? And we were like, okay, is this going to continue? Because we've seen it before. We've seen him get, you know, seven, eight targets and then kind of go back to one or two. Uh, so having 10 targets last week was awesome to see. Gives me more confidence in him long-term. Uh, I'm never going to fully trust him because he's such a low dot player. Like he literally needs eight to 10 targets a game to produce. Uh, and then I'm never going to trust, trust like Cliff Kingsbury. Like I'm just not going to do it. Uh, but 10 targets on 57 snaps. That's pretty good. If he can stay in this seven to 10 target range, um, he'll be good in fantasy, especially in full PPR. Cause he's going to catch like seven or eight of them. He's not going to score much. It's not going to come with much yardage, but he could be a player that like, you know, like I said, it depends what you're looking for. Like if you're looking for someone who is a rotational piece in the flex because we are at the point of the season where every single week we're going to have a few teams on by. We're at the point of the season where 
there are plenty of injuries. You might just need a player that's constantly kind of rotated into that flex, second flex spot when you're desperate, wide receiver two spot. And that's, you know, not a bad option for Rondell Moore if he's going to stay in this like seven to 10 target range. After that, um, I would say Tony. And again, what are you looking for? I would say if you're looking for that rotational piece, Rondell's your option. But if you're like, oh, I'm not really going to play Rondo, like my wide receivers are really good. Maybe you're in a three wide receiver league, use the rankings. It made you lean towards RB0. You took a ton of wide receivers and you're like, okay, Rondo Moore's never going to crack my starting lineup. Okay. But Tony could. Like, Tony could also do nothing. You know, he played nine snaps in his debut, but that was to be expected. They talked about how they're going to bring him along. Uh, that he's like a long term ad. Honestly, they've talked about how it's like, you know, in future years, like even like next years when they like really want to be using him as like a feature weapon in the offense. But could like in the last, you know, weeks 13, 14, 15, 16, as working in the fantasy playoffs, could he get up to like 60, 70% of the snaps, be used on like multiple screen passes per week and in like really high scoring games, be getting, you know, seven, eight targets, which would be very high value targets, very high upside targets because of how they'd be using him? Certainly. So his ceiling is higher than Rondell Moore's, but Rondell Moore has a much better floor because he's playing 99% of the snaps, you know, not 9% like Kadarius Tony had this week. So again, it, it matters so much. What are you looking for with this pick? Tony's the upside pick. Rondell is more of that like kind of floor piece there. And then Jeff Wilson, um, I list him last just I don't know, because I had to make a list. But again, they're all very similar value. And I could see Jeff Wilson in this grouping being the most valuable rest of the season. Now, I wouldn't guess that. I still would prefer Khalil Herbert. And I'd probably still prefer Chuba, but that's like very close. But like Jeff Wilson looked better than Raheem Mostert did this week. And I know that a lot of teams after the McCaffrey trade dropped him. Like he's available in a lot of leagues because that happened. But in his first week with Miami, I mean, he played 49% of the snaps. Like, that's really, really good in the first week. It happened because he's familiar with the coaching staff. He's familiar with the system. When people are not familiar with the system, it takes them a little bit longer. But that's why we were a little bit excited about this because, like, you know, he's still a good running back. Like, obviously, he's not as good as Christian McCaffrey. He's still not as good as Eliza Mitchell. And that's, like, why they got rid of him. They just, it was, like, a redundant piece. They didn't need him. But, like, that doesn't mean he's bad. He's still good. And he clearly works in the system that Miami's trying to run. And so maybe it was just a small sample. You know, he only had 12 touches. He looked good on them. But, like, it's a 12-touch sample. And they had, like, a really good game. But if he's going to keep looking like this, and we know this offense is going to be good, like, if he can get, you know, 60 65% of the backfield touches, I mean, he's going to be a weekly running back, too. And you don't usually find that in free agency. So if someone dropped him, I mean depends on your team how valuable he is but like he's definitely an option if he's going to be a running back two rest of season potentially again i don't think he'll like grade out with that when we do the rest of season rankings that come out tomorrow but like there's a chance that he is if he keeps getting these touches so all those five i would say they're in that like i don't know seven to nine percent like i think a little bit below you know fields and pickens but dependent on your team but i'd be fine spending seven percent eight percent nine percent of your fab on any of those players i don't know that any of them are worth the number one claim but that also is dependent on your league if your free agency is like super thin and you've only heard one player mentioned so far well maybe they are worth your number one claim after that i think you're looking at like those high-end running back stashes you guys know the names jalen warren rashad white madison pacheco kyron williams i would say like roughly in that order but 
It kind of depends on your personal preference. Um, my lean is definitely Warren White and Madison because their ceiling is just like so high if they became the starters. And then we know that like Warren and White kind of have a, a little bit of floor right now. They're at least being used and especially um, Warren. They've actually talked about how like maybe coming off of the buy, they're going to give him a little bit more run. That remains to be seen. I'm not 100% sure that's actually going to happen, but if he can get up to like 10 to 12 touches per game, kind of mixing in with Najee Harris, I mean, he's looked better than Najee like every single game this season. Like if he's going to mix in, get a few carries, also a few targets and receptions, have a chance to score, like if you were desperate in a week that had a bunch of buys and injuries, you could use him at running back too. I think that's valuable to have because then it's like you have that piece, but then it's also a handcuff. It's kind of like a you know dual functionality, I guess. Like if Najee went down, he's great, but he also provides you a little bit of value. Whereas like Madison, you just can't play while Cook is healthy. So there's a little bit of a difference there. But yeah, I think it's that top three. It's like Warren, uh, White, and Madison. And then you kind of get into um, the other two just like purely being upside. Um, Pacheco, it's like, he really still needs that injury. I know people are going to say, well, Pacheco's still the one. He's still getting, you know, more snaps than Clyde. But it's like, it's still a three running back rotation on a team that doesn't really like heavily feature any one particular running back. So like Pacheco really still needs an injury. I still kind of view him as a pure handcuff. And then Kyron Williams, I mean, the, the range of outcomes is like so wide. Like they had multiple running backs getting touches this last week. It doesn't seem like they like any of their running backs right now. Like, I don't think they like Henderson, Akers, Ronnie Rivers, Malcolm Brown. I don't think they like any of them. I think they really want Kyron Williams to be back, but it's a bad offensive line. It's an offense that's really underperformed. He's not going to be featured because they're still going to have those other running backs like activated and being used. And so there's upside, but like, you know, there's a huge range of outcomes. He could still have like five touches per game, uh, but still a good stash, I think. After those five, I think you're looking at like tight end after that. It depends on what you have. Like if you have, you know, Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard, something like that, you're not looking at tight end in free agency, especially with, you know, Kelsey already having his buy. You wouldn't even need to have a backup at that point. Uh, but if not, if you've kind of been streaming, kind of been trying to figure out the tight end position, I would say your best options are Dulcich and Hayden Hurst, uh, both becoming, you know, a larger part of their respective offenses. Uh, both can pretty much be used in any matchup. Like, there's certain matchups we just don't love tight ends against. But, like, in general, I'd say those two rest of the season, you're probably just starting them. Um, Hurst didn't do amazing this last week, but it's because Mixon had, like, five touchdowns, you know. Uh, they benched all their starters for, like, the entire fourth quarter. I think he played one snap in the fourth quarter because the game was so out of reach. Still had five receptions. Like, again, the stat line doesn't look great, but if the game was even remotely competitive, he would have had more targets. Uh, and then Dulcich, you know going to be a solid like low end tight end one rest of season still a rookie could still you know hit a wall kind of like not be good rest of season but like he's pretty clearly the best tight end and you know they need pass catching help because apparently you know alberto is just is just bad and then the offense just really needs as much help as they can get um one other one you can look at is Cade Otten like he scored the touchdown this week he was really good uh he gets a phenomenal matchup this coming week against Seattle the only question is Cameron Bray so if Cameron Bray is out this next week. You can absolutely stream Cade Otten like as a tight end option. He'll probably grade out 
as a tight end one against Seattle is like a phenomenal matchup for opposing tight ends. But if Cameron Brait were to return, now we kind of don't know. He might just split the snaps with Brait, in which case you're not in love with that because it's like Cade's still not getting that many targets as the only tight end. If you add in another tight end, that's not amazing. So check the status there. If you want to just add him in the off chance that Brait is still out, totally fine doing that. And then you could cut him if you really needed to. Uh, but he's definitely another option as well. After that, I think it's just like a bunch of wide receivers. It's really just a group of like, you know, do you have an extra bench spot? Like, do you need someone who could be used in the flex? Well, wide receiver is probably what you're looking at. You're probably not looking at free agency. Uh, besides the names I mentioned for like a flex option, like that would be kind of weird. I would say Gallup and Wandale are like both healthy, both coming off of their bye. Both can be used, aren't going to be like slam dunk flex plays, but definitely could be used in the flex if you needed them. Uh, Jahan Dotson and Jarvis Landry could return this week, but are still question marks when they return, when they're fully healthy. We're going to like them in fantasy. Um, both are going to have decent roles in their offense. And so like we're going to be able to use them. It's just like, you know, Dotson, it's like, when's he going to get over this hamstring injury? Landry, when exactly is he going to return? I think both can return soon. I'd lean towards Landry returning first. Uh, but again, when they're both fully healthy, we'll like them. When is that going to happen? Uh, and then Traylon Burks, Odell are like longer term wide receiver plays. Burks will be the clear number one wide receiver for the Titans when he's back, which we hope is soon, but we haven't really heard a whole lot as far as that's concerned. And then Odell, he's still a free agent, so he's still going to have to join a team, learn the playbook, gain chemistry with whatever quarterback it ends up being. But apparently he's going to be cleared to play very, very soon. He's probably going to join a team very soon as well. And he wants to join a Super Bowl contender. And while Super Bowl contenders typically have good quarterbacks, and he's probably not going to go to a team that doesn't have a good passing situation because, like, you know, if a ton of teams want him and he gets to choose wherever he goes, why would he choose a team that doesn't have a good passing attack? Like, he's just going to go to a team that has a good passing attack and has, like, a really good offense. So that's a good situation, obviously, in fantasy. So if you want to stash him, that is also really sharp to do. Um, but for all those options I just mentioned, I would say, like, two to three percent of your fab i wouldn't go crazy on any of them because none of them are like unbelievably valuable but i'd say like two to three percent on whichever one you want uh after that i think you're looking at defenses uh, i know a ton of you have the eagles and you can just use them every week but many of you also have the patriots they're on by this week so you'll need a different option i don't think there are any like clear streaming options where we're spending like five percent because this is like the dream matchup this is the one you gotta get you gotta make sure your opponents don't get them uh, but i would say five options you have this week are the broncos at the titans the titans versus the broncos i mean both teams you know especially if malik willis is going to start again the titans like you know we want both those defenses we want to attack both those offenses in fantasy um the cardinals at the rams because you know, it's not like the Cardinals are amazing defense, but like the Rams are just giving it up to any defense they play. Their line is terrible. Their offense hasn't been scoring points. Like, just makes sense there. Uh, then the Raiders versus the Colts. I think anyone who watched the Colts game this week can uh, understand why we want any defense playing them. Raiders are not a good defense, but again, the Colts have been terrible, especially if Jonathan Taylor's going to be out again, which we don't know yet. But if that does end up happening, let's stream defenses against the Colts. Uh, and then the Giants versus the Texans. Just, you know. Giants coming off by, they're the better team. Texans aren't that good. Just, you know, pretty easy defense streaming option thinkings there. 
Um, I don't have like a, a super strong take on the order. So if you have a take on those five and you're like, nope, you know, I do prefer the Giants this week. I think they're going to be a really good streaming option against the Texans. Go for it. You could also just wait for the Tuesday rankings to come out and just see how exactly I have it ordered once I actually go through and rank everything. Um, but, you know, I'll say that uh, they're all pretty much the same. You're kind of just hoping for a defensive touchdown, which is a little bit difficult to predict. Um, I'll also say if you've got a deep bench, uh, you're in a deeper format, something like that, and you want an option to stash, not to play this week, the Jets have been really, really good. They were just amazing against the Bills, which would be like, you know, one of the only matchups you'd be like, oh, maybe I don't play an amazing defense again. It's like, they've been awesome. They go on by this week. So if someone drops the Jets, uh, if they're there and you have a spot on your bench, I'm not giving up a really good like running back handcuff or like a high upside wide receiver. But like if you have someone you're like, eh, I don't care about this player, a backup tight end, something like that, and you want to stash the Jets. They could be really good rest of the season. Like, their defense is awesome. And so if you want to stash them, I would do that. And then after that, I think it's really just like the quarterback streaming options that are not Justin Fields. Justin Fields, again, is way at the top. Behind him, it's a group of guys that if you want to spend 1% fab on, you can do it. I would say just wait for them to clear and just add them. I don't think any are really worth putting a claim in on. Uh, but Daniel Jones coming off by against the Texans. Kenny Pickett coming off by against the Saints, and then Jimmy Garoppolo coming off by against the Chargers. Again, none of them are amazing. I'm not sure any will rank as like top 10 quarterback options, but they'll probably all be in that quarterback like 11 to 15 sort of range, at least like very close to that range. They all, you know, have some level of upside, but you know, there are reasons why they're they're not like elite quarterbacks, right? Like Daniel Jones the weapons like he just needs more wide receiver weapons to truly hit a ceiling but the rushing is there and so if he can you know run for 50 yards in a score that's an incredible floor Pickett obviously lost Claypool but like he's still got some mobility he's still got good players around him he can produce and then Garoppolo I mean he's got McCaffrey now right like if you just add McCaffrey to an offense obviously that takes away some of the rushing appeal um well there's no rushing appeal for Jimmy Garoppolo but like it takes rushing touchdowns like they're going to focus more on that but like when they get close, they can also use McCaffrey in the receiving game. And we know Garoppolo has plenty of like really good pass catches around him. And we also know the Chargers have definitely underperformed on defense so far this season. Um, so again, wouldn't say I'm like super excited about any of those quarterbacks I just mentioned, but all are like totally fine options if you have to stream them this week. You know, maybe you have Burrow or Lamar Jackson on by, and then you can't get fields. Those are probably your top options. So that's what I'm seeing the waiver wire right now in week 10. The rest of season rankings will be updated along with the week 10 rankings coming out Tuesday afternoon. I'll be back Wednesday to go my favorite trade targets, Thursday for running back start sits, Friday wide receiver starts and sits. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button? How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.